Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Spirit You on Blog Talk Radio. This show is a collaboration between five women and spirit or universe, all brought to you by www.mindbodyspiritu.com. That's the letter U. There are weekly shows on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, two Wednesdays a month at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and two Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time covering topics about all things healing, spiritual, metaphysical and we even throw in a bit of science. Many of our shows include time for you to ask for assistance on your journey and you will be able to experience some amazing healing modalities and receive guidance, authentic spiritual guidance, right here, right now. Many are aware of the quickly changing perspectives about our mind, bodies, and spirit, and that's exactly what we are here to discuss. So please join us in the spiral of life, and together we will learn, grow, and heal. Now let's get started with today's show. Hi everyone and welcome to the Holistic Health Hour with me, Certified Holistic Life Strategies Coach, Aleka Thorvalson. And as you all know, this is a show that looks at health in a whole new way. So what that means is we look at health and wellness from a mind body, soul, spirit perspective. And it is my deepest intention to really create a new kind of dialogue, um, a new arena for us to talk about our health and about our bodies and about our lives from an empowering perspective. So it's possible to make real changes from the inside out. And um, this show is for August. Um, It will not be a live show, so if you're listening to it, Um, Do not call in because there won't be anyone to take your calls. Um, This is going to be a recorded show. Of course, you are always, always welcome to contact me should you have any comments or questions about the show. And you just go to Mind, Body, Spirit, You, and there it is. There I am with all the other great teachers at Mind, Body, Spirit, You. And that's Mind, Body, Spirit, and that's the letter U. So you can find us on the website. We also have a Facebook page. You can find us there. Certainly, 
Um, love getting feedback. I actually get quite a bit of feedback from these shows, and I, I really appreciate all the show ideas and um, feedback that I get. It, it just helps to make the show even better. So feel free to do that. And I know I missed last month. I did. I had um, a cold kind of thing that seemed to linger. And so I, I listened to the messages of the universe, which was to be quiet because that's what was going on with my voice. And so I took, took a month off, but here I am. And I'm looking forward to getting back into the swing of things and looking forward to connecting with all of you again. And tonight's show is a good one. I hope that it will bring some newer, new perspective to some old ideas, ideas that we may have heard about, talked about. I certainly, projection, right? What is projection? But projection, it's quite a buzzword these days. You've probably heard about it quite a bit in, if you're of the sort of spiritual mindset, um, psycho-spiritual circles perhaps. You may have heard terms like, or um, people say, if you spot it, you got it, or if you point a finger at another, that there are three fingers pointing back at you. Those are kind of common phrases that we hear. Even ancient spiritual teaching, right? Beware what you judge in another. For that which you judge, you are guilty of practicing, sort of the concept. Yeah, so projection is everywhere. That's the point, right? It's been around. Um, Young was huge in bringing it into the limelight, Carl Young. And it's just, I mean, it's used all the time. But I don't know if we actually understand what it actually means and how we can use it to heal and what is the healing energy that we can use to to work with it. So we're going to be talking about that. This show is all about the concepts of projection and integration and the differences and how they actually work together. So, what is it, and what is the purpose of projection? Is it helpful? These are all questions we're going to tackle. And why is understanding projection important in relation to self-fulfillment, or better health, or finding purpose, or worthiness, or contentment? Why, why even look at it? We're going to be talking about that tonight. They're great questions. I think, though, before we can talk um, about projection, we need to talk about the shadow and what that is because understanding the shadow is really critical to understanding the concept of projection. And yeah, we're just going right there. We're going right into the shadow. We're diving right into the deep end of the pool. Um, so put on your boots, right? Here we go. Our shadow, what is it, first of all? What is the shadow? We we, we know, of course, you, I'm sure you've heard about it, right? our shadow side. Our shadow is the parts of us. The shadow is the psychological repository of many of our unwanted feelings or qualities, even memories or beliefs that we have about ourselves and the world. So we we tend to hide in our shadow what has been deemed, quote-unquote, unacceptable in some way. And that's important because unacceptable is a matter of perception, right? So what ends up in our shadow is is likely directly related to our conditioning and the experiences that we had as we grew because that 
creates our perception. What is good for one person may not be good for another and vice versa. What's unacceptable to one family or system is totally acceptable to another. So what we deem unacceptable is a matter of perception. So we 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 have this place, right, that we put anything that we deem unacceptable in some way. And I I just want to note that understanding that is really important because what it means is that this shadow side of ourselves serves an extremely important purpose as it is really in, intrinsic to our survival need for connection and acceptance. Because that's important. We, we have to put away those parts of us that we learn will not let us connect to another. So connection, as we know, is really a vital part of our psychological health that without connection, there's elements of survival at risk. We as a species really thrive and need that sense of connection. So we conform, right? That's what we do with our shadow. We, we, we take away these parts. We hide these parts of ourselves. We edit these parts of ourselves that are deemed unacceptable. And we conform as best we can. Why? So we can get our needs met, so we can get connected. So that edited part of us then would be considered in our shadow. What that, what that means is it's not in our conscious awareness. It's sort of a part of us that we're putting away somewhere else. We're not going to look at it. We're not going to recognize it. So this is where we understand that this is a very unconscious thing. So this whole process is happening on an unconscious level to to a large extent. And the examples, and perhaps examples of what we edit out of our personality and hide in our shadow can be pretty obvious. You know, we can, can, um, for example, we are likely familiar with people who have maybe hid their sexuality if they were um, gay, literally put it in a closet, per se, because I use that because that's the the side of our sexuality that is considered, quote-unquote, unacceptable collectively. Um, Obviously, incorrectly so, but there it is. So they put maybe that part of themselves in their shadow, Um, literally put it in or maybe had to put it in a closet to get whatever connection that was necessary and they got the message that that part of them was unacceptable in some way. So it's hidden. Trauma can be another maybe more obvious example of what we perhaps hide in our shadow, partly because we may use our shadow as a place where we put anything that we cannot comprehend or integrate at the time it occurred. So, you know, those are some pretty maybe more straightforward examples of of what gets hidden. But, you know, what gets in our shadow also might be rather elusive. Um, And I'll give you an example of that. I had a client that was intrinsically loud and as a child loved to sing at the top of her lungs. And she would sing and sing and sing and sing and sing. And she was born to parents that were less enthusiastic 
about her singing. And they were well-meaning and loving. But she would sing a lot, and they were of the quiet variety, and it was this, this sort of disconnect. And they would get upset with her for singing so much. So she got the message to put her love of singing away. She got the message that she was, quote-unquote, too loud. So she really tried, because she wanted connection, to put the loud part somewhere else. And speaking from my own experience, I know that there's parts of me that I have edited out in my life and I had to put in my shadow. Um, one very specifically being, number one, my intuitive skills, and the second being um, my talking <laughs> I, as a child, talked and talked and talked, and I would get so upset with people, specifically my parents, who, again, well-meaning, but I did. I talked a lot, and they would just say, like, can you please be quiet? Um, and so I edited that part of myself out to a large extent. I really tried to hide it. And obviously, it's kind of funny now. It's ironic, right, because that's exactly what I do all the time for seven sometimes six, eight hours, nine hours a day, is I talk. I talk to people and I listen and I communicate. So well, we're going to go into that and sort of the gifts of our shadow in a minute, but I just wanted to bring up that little piece. Okay, so we know that projection is also a self-defense and protective mechanism that involves taking our own unacceptable qualities or feelings um, and now we're going to ascribe them to another. So so projection sort of takes what's in our shadow, right, and it puts it on someone else. So imagine our shadow is just hanging out, unconscious, right? If we're talking about that iceberg metaphor, it would be the stuff under the water. Our shadow is just hanging out right under the surface of our consciousness, and then it's triggered, Right, meaning energy around us somehow resonates similar energy within us. We've talked about this on other shows. So if you want more on that, last show, show before that. So we start feeling parts of our shadow coming up to the surface, and we can't look at it, so we project it onto someone else. We project rather than own it. Again, I want to make clear, because we've got to bring in the sense of compassion always, I think that this is a self-protective mechanism. Remember, it's those parts of us that we can't, can't own because if we own, we can't connect with others. And somehow we might feel rejection. That's big, abandonment, big. So instead we find ourselves blaming another or maybe judging another. We may shame or get angry at another. We may spend lots of energy Complaining about the weather, the government, our boss, our kids, our spouse, right? You get the picture. This is all based on that unconscious survival strategy that if it is them, then it is not me. Thank goodness. Because what would happen if I actually had to look at that part of me and had to recognize that it existed? You know, I, I need to believe that it doesn't exist. So this is where fear might come in, right? This is where this fear keeps it stuck. Old stuff. Fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of betrayal, fear of shame, fear of losing connection. That's powerful energy, right, that keeps our stuff stuck and then it can, we keep projecting it out. So as a general rule, if we find ourselves focusing on them, quote-unquote, and not ourselves, 
then it is quite likely that we are projecting in some way. So if you find yourself saying they are angry, he is so stupid, she is so insensitive, you never listen, yeah, you get it, right? If it is them, then it is not me. Or is it? Aha, that's the question. And we're going to be talking about that more later. I'm sure you all are um, intuiting that it is, in fact, ourselves, right? But let's, we'll, we'll dive in in a sec. Um, another thing I want to point out about the shadow is and projection is that we all do it, and we do it all the time, or at least the majority of the time, unless we're being really conscious. I mean, we project on our parents, the people in the grocery store, the government, politicians, the environment, children, our significant other. Ooh, that's a big one, right? Our friends, even our bodies. That's important when we look at health, by the way. How we project on our bodies, huge, really fascinating space. Even our animals. So if you can name it, you can pretty much project upon it. So look at the news. Look at a magazine. Look anywhere, really, and you'll find it happening. We, we all do it, right? We, we all deny these parts of ourselves until we don't, and we're going to be talking about that. And, and to be clear, you know, it's, it, the stronger we deny it in ourselves, then the more intensely we project it onto others. It, re- it reminds me, actually, of that Shakespeare quote, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Yeah. Right? The more it's about them, the more we make a case for it, the bigger it is, it's actually proof that the more it's in us. So, what's the problem with projection? Is there one? Is there an issue with projection? Well... Um, and I think this is the key point, projecting our shadow qualities and pretending they do not exist don't make them go away. Um, And instead what happens is these projections show up in our lives as events. And that's, that's huge. So... Carl Jung actually said it really well. Um, he he's, might be the man who wrote more on this topic than just about anyone. Um, but he said many things about projection and shadow, but one of my favorite is, whatever is rejected from the self appears in the world as an event. Another one he made famous, what we resist persists. So the more we reject it, the more it shows up. And sort of the critical tipping point with projection or the challenge with projection is when we're really in it, um, unconsciously in it, I should add, is that it keeps us stuck in habitual patterns of believing and living. And I know we've spoken about this again in past shows, so I'm not going to like dive, dive too deeply into it tonight, but we do not create what we want in our lives. We create from the level of belief. So while we all want to feel worthy, if in the shadow there's an underlying belief that we are not, right, not good enough, too loud, unworthy, stupid, right, if these are our shadow pieces, then projection as an unconscious force can absolutely impede our growth and it can stifle our happiness and it can affect our health 
Because if we keep projecting and projecting and projecting out, then it keeps us distracted from the real issue. If it is them, right, and if it's not us, then there's no way to affect change. Because we really can't change another person. So, you know, projection left unchecked can get us into a very powerless and can erode into a victim stance that we don't have any power to change. As such, if we get stuck in our um, projections and the shadow keeps coming up and we keep projecting it out and keep projecting it out, then we may get fixated on distractions. Let's distract ourselves from this stuff, right? So the addictions may come into play, trying to numb any feelings that are trying to seep through the walls we have erected to hold the shadow in place, right? We put our shame there. Not a lot of us like to own that, you know. And so once it starts creeping in, oh, no, not going to do that. I'm going to put it on another. I'm going to distract myself so I don't feel it. We, you know, we also, another issue with projection that I'm just realizing now um, is we may find ourselves creating masks in the world with the hope that if we can convince them, quote-unquote, of our perfection, then maybe we can somehow convince ourselves. So we may find ourselves in these habitual life patterns as well, like job losses or feeling rejection, because we keep living out these unconscious beliefs. Right? That's what Jung said, that if we don't... Um, if it's rejected from the self, then it appears in our world as an event. So we wear these masks. We're trying not to let anybody see what's really going on. We're hoping we're convincing each other. And then we find ourselves in similar patterns over and over again, right? Because we keep projecting out this part of us. So staying stuck in projection really means that in some ways we are living half a life. We are half a self. We are disconnected in some ways from half of ourselves. And it's totally exhausting, to be honest with you. You know, So if you're finding yourself in that space, um, you are not alone, right? Now what do we need to do? Because the truth is, to be whole, we have to be authentic. And to be authentic we got to get honest. You know, we got to get real about the fact that we all have these sort of shadowy, unclaimed parts of ourselves. We all have judgments. We all have insecurities and fear and prejudices and shame, right, that we would rather ignore or that are totally outside of our conscious awareness. To a, to a huge extent, and I'm not going to speak for everybody. I'll speak for myself, right? We all have a, a, a facade, a mask that we project out to the world in, in the hopes that no one will see our shadow. And, and sometimes I, when I think about that, I get sort of lost in a brain, maybe a daydream brainstorming session about, I think it would be awesome if for a day we could walk around with those talk bubbles over our heads and so it would like show the shadow, right? So we would... We could really look at what we were really feeling about ourselves and what 
more specifically, what other people were feeling about themselves. You know, we're walking down the street and someone's thinking that about their shame and about their judgment and about their fear. And wouldn't it be great if we could all actually get to a place where we could realize that they have it just as much as we have it? Right? If everyone has fear and insecurity and feelings of inadequacy, you know, how would that change our lives, our world, if we knew that the person criticizing us was actually terrified of appearing stupid in that moment? How might it change how we spoke to others if we really knew that what we were feeling in that moment was really about ourselves and really not about them? Right? It's an interesting reality to ponder, maybe one day. Um, so that's the point. That's where we want to get to. You know, that this is, this is about reclaiming parts of ourselves so we can be whole. And that is where the energy of integration comes onto the picture. Um, integration means to blend into a unifying whole, to bring together, to unite. So in this way, integration means going on a journey of discovery right into those shadowy places, that separated self, and really take a look at what has been hiding there and then unify it, bring it together, unite it back so we are a whole self. You know, and I I think we we often think that our flaws, our shadowy parts, are unique and so much worse than, than someone else's or than they actually are. Um, I'm reminded by Byron, the teacher Byron Katie, who has a little sentence where she says, there are no new thoughts. And it's so true. You know, I know what shame feels like. I've been there. I know what it feels like to be rejected and abandoned and betrayed and made fun of. I, I may not have been through the exact same scenarios that another person has or that you have, but I know what it feels like to have to edit myself, cut parts of myself away, and hustle, as the teacher Brene Brown says, for connection. I know what that feels like, and so do you, right? It's like the shadow parts of us are like the monsters or a monster under the bed, it is the story we have created about the monster that generates our fear, not the monster. It's the story that we attach to what's in the shadow, not what's in the shadow. Yes, I mean, there's truths in the shadow that might be challenging, difficult, and painful to look at. That's true, but the story about it is way bigger than the feelings we're going to find. The, the, the real strength and walls and and sort of lockbox perspective that we create around our shadow, the power in that is in its secrecy. You know, it's in the story. It's in the idea that we have to hide. Because what you're going to see, and if you've ever done this work, you know 
that in reality, when a light of awareness, consciousness, is shined on that part of ourselves, the monster under the bed, what we find is there was no monster. It does not exist outside the story. So, when we reveal the parts of ourselves that we may despise or fear or hurt, when we bring this shadow into the light, we realize there is nothing vile at all hidden there. There's no need to to hide. We realize that imperfections we may perceive, right? Parts, flawed parts of ourselves that we think we possess do not make us weak, flawed, or broken, but in fact, they make us whole. They make us unified. Me with you, me with me, in their complete ordinariness, right? You have it, I have it. We are the same. So when we integrate, we have the opportunity to heal. We tend to old wounds. And when we integrate, it gives us the ability and the opportunity to dive in and to maybe heal past pain and past trauma. You know, when we put on our our waiting boots, shadow waiting boots, and we dive into the shadow parts of ourselves, we may find old memories or stories that have been played out and we can consciously let them go once and for all. Right? Maybe we find a terrified little girl part that won't allow us to trust in present time, right? Maybe we find the stoic one that always has things under control and does not feel anything, right? We find these parts of ourselves that we've abandoned. You know, maybe we find a responsible part that does not know yet how to receive. These masks that hide these parts of ourselves that want connection, but fear it. So when we shine the light of compassion on the parts of ourselves, we can actually start to love them back into wholeness by giving them a voice. We might want to listen to that little girl Right? that is scared and terrified. We might need to talk to the stoic one and ask what they're hiding. We might need to talk to that responsible part and ask why it's difficult to receive. So when we give these places and parts, when we dive in and we say, what is it that you need to tell me? We stop resisting and then we can integrate. And when we integrate those once disconnected parts, we no longer have these habitual, subconscious, shadowy tapes running the show. And our whole life has the ability to change. The, we create a sense, of, a sense of intimacy with life where it's into me I see. That if it is out there, then it is within me and I have the power to change it. 
So when we integrate that little girl who's afraid, then we no longer need to create or no longer is created around us things that make us feel feel afraid. And when we love that stoic one and allow her to soften, then the exhaustion and the adrenal fatigue of having to always have things under control also gets healed. See how that works? Right? And another point to that is when we do this work, the tool used to create a result creates a result like the tool. Right? So another way of saying that is the road we walk determines where we end up. So those things that we seek, the wholeness, the peace, the unity, we can never reach them by separation. So the process of integration and, and is fa- in healing and empowerment is fa- found by loving integrating ourselves back into wholeness. And when you do this work with compassion, do it with and do it with compassion, right? Do it with honesty, do it with grace. Because that's what that part needs. It needs understanding. It needs compassion. It needs an inner loving parent to to bring it back into wholeness. And I do want to also point out that it's a good idea to do it with another person that you really can be open with and feel safe with. Certainly counselors, coaches, therapists, friends, priests, you know, religious leaders, um, spiritual teachers, whatever works for you. If someone can really hold that space, and help you integrate those pieces back, that's very powerful work. Right? So don't be afraid um, or resistant to reach out and ask for help around this. When we're dealing with stuff that's unconscious, it's really, really easy to go unconscious. I, I find that when I work with people, it's very often that when you know when I'm asking questions that bring them into maybe more of their shadow, like we're, we're kind of mucking around there for a little bit, um, it's not uncommon at all for people to go blank, to not remember what they said, have me um, need to repeat the question. That's that's not uncommon at all when we're working with these unconscious places it's easy to go unconscious. It's easy to check out. That's the habit. So feel free to reach out. It's an important piece of this integrative work. Another important point I want to make about doing this work is, and this this is something that is so important when we do shadow work, when we walk through the shadow, we have the ability to heal, no doubt, and integrate. And through this process, we also find our lost gifts, right? Remember the, the story I told you earlier about the, the, the girl that got conditioned to put in her shadow, right? There was conditioning. i got to put this part of me away that was too loud. 
um, when we did this work together, what we found was she loved to sing again. She forgot that because it was edited out. And the parts that were too loud then became integrated, and she sings jazz now, you know? She's a singer, and she's she's found a part of herself that she sort of had that knowing was there all along but didn't know where it was. So maybe the person who is 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 has that itch of what's in there, what what is it? If you've had that, you know the feeling I'm talking about, right? That itch of there's something more but I don't know what it is, right? That itch of self-discovery, I need to I need to go deeper into something but I don't know what direction to go. If you would like um, direction, oftentimes a good place to look is what we've abandoned in ourselves, what we've edited out, our gifts in that way. The person who always had his nose in a book and perhaps was teased about that or for some way was um, he had to edit that part of himself discovers his talent for writing. You know, maybe the the, the artist, the born artist, that had to put it away for, quote-unquote, a real job. Maybe the dancer that was told it was not masculine to dance, edited it out. The seeker that was told, in this family, we are Catholics, so you need to stop asking those questions, right? The intuitive that made others uncomfortable with their words. Even the one who was told she talked too much. <laughs> um they all, if they look in their shadow, will find exactly the parts that they need to connect with. So when we integrate those edited parts, we can very often find some lost treasure of our souls. The dancer starts to dance. The speaker starts to speak. The seeker starts to seek. The intuitive starts to utilize that function. So it's really important to recognize that integration leads to authenticity. It leads to inspiration. It leads to purpose. And that's so important because so many of us are looking for that. We're, we're th- we just are seeking it, that sense of purpose and that sense of connection to ourselves because when we can live authentically then we can connect with others in an authentic way so integration then is really a practice to embrace our empowerment by looking at our projections differently that's the work We use, it is not projections versus integration, meaning one or another. It is projections and integrations. So by realizing that projections have really important information for us. In fact, have a projection. And then we can follow the winding path of our projection down deep into the shadow from which they originated. Right? We can follow the trail down into the darkness. And we can move from a place of effect to cause. 
what is happening out there to how it's actually happening. So when we start to become aware and working with and learning how to integrate our projections, then we can very clearly see what we need to be aware of in our own lives. We can begin to observe the ways we have disowned parts of ourselves in the real desire to feel good enough, to feel right, to feel accepted, or even safe. Integration, then, is the way in so we can finally find our way out. It is not about bypassing our shadow. It is not about pretending it doesn't exist, but about leaning into it and learning from it and finding our gifts. So for a moment, I want you to just think about anything that you might project, any way in your life that you might be projecting to people around you, um, to your friends, your spouse, that's a huge one, um, your body. Think of a projection that you might have and, and how I'm going to to classify that and help you with that is to say, if you find yourself saying, if they would just change, or I hate that about them, and it's their fault, if they weren't, those, that kind of language. Think about a couple for a few minutes, and then we'll start working with them. So hopefully you have a couple that came to mind there. You, I can think of a bunch right now, but, you know, anything even. Like the lady at the checkout line that was short with you and it, you know, pissed you off. Yeah, that one. So the two comments I get when I work with clients, and um, and clearly I've said this myself when I discuss projections and when we do projection and integration work, is number one, um, there is no way this one is about me. That person is a jerk. My parents are insensitive um, or abusive, right? That's a fact. That's the first thing I get. Second one, does this mean that I cannot be upset with them or I have to accept it as a quote-unquote teaching and not be angry, right? Like, this is thanks for kick, kicking me in the butt. I've learned so much about myself in a sarcastic way. Does that mean I bypass my feelings or I'm not allowed to have feelings? So those are the, the, the two things, the two comments that I get. Let's tackle the first one. Um, yes, and I know that's hard. If you are triggered by a situation or a person, there is learning for you. There are no exceptions to that rule. Yeah, I know. Breathe that in because it is a truth and it is hard to swallow. So, for example, let's take an example here. Um, let's say we have a projection or we say our husband doesn't listen to us. He doesn't hear what we are saying. He tunes us out and it bothers us, right? So we are triggered. We feel something. We feel maybe anger at that moment. And our inner radar is telling us 
that there is an imbalance in the system. We feel anger, right? It's telling us, hey, pay attention here. So when we look at projection, the first step is that we have to be aware that we are, in fact, doing it, that we are, in fact, projecting in some way. Um, the truth is many of us go unconscious and we tend to skip this step. So this is a critical first step. I want to make that um, clear, that awareness is a very, very, very important step to this process. Okay, so then we can ask ourselves, what is the learning for me here? What is the projection? I am so angry at him. I am so angry at them for, what is it, right? What is the projection for not listening, for, let's use that one because that's what we've, we've used, but you can use whatever one you have. What is the projection? I am so angry because, all right. Then, and this is, if you're all familiar with um, Byron Katie's work, The Four Questions, this is sort of similar to that. If you're not and you want to do more work on this stuff, go get the book. Um, Return to Love, I believe, is the name of the book. But Google The Four Questions, Byron Katie, and they'll pop up. Um, fantastic stuff. But the, the, the piece is, I am so angry at him for not listening to me, and then replace him with your name. I am so angry at me for not listening to me, or I am so angry at me for not listening to him. Now, is that true? Is there any truth to that? Now, in fact, I want to make this point. That person may not be listening to you. I totally get that. But if you're feeling angry and you're feeling upset, there's learning for you there, that there's a peace that's showing up for you. So how true is that? Are you listening to you? Do you listen to him? You know, because when we get clear on that, then we can actually do work around it. Maybe you realize, I'm not listening to me. You know, and... I need to fo- I need to look at that. Do and am I listening to that person? You know, that's that's something that I've really worked on. Um, I was taking a class the other day and I heard this trick and it was fantastic. And I thought about utilizing it because my brain works so quickly that I often find myself going very fast in conversations with people. I don't tend to enjoy silence, not necessarily because I don't like silence, but because I'm already on the next thing. And one of the practices was when you're listening, allow two to three seconds before you say anything, right? And what I've found when I've done that is I actually hear a lot more. People will continue to talk where they wouldn't before. So what is your relationship with listening in general? So... These are important questions to ask yourself. Do you ask for what you need? Do you deserve that you are list- can be listened to? What do you believe about what you say and about your voice? 
Think back. You know, were you listened to as a child? What was your relationship with listening and speaking and communicating? Were, what were, you, were you taught that your opinion did not matter? Were you taught that you needed to argue just to argue? Were you taught that to appear like you didn't know what you were talking about made you shameful in some way? When did you stop listening to you? See how that works? Yeah. It's big. It's deep. It's heady stuff. That's what I mean when we can take it into the shadow places. We just went right there with those questions. So, no. Um, It can be tricky, too. I need to point that out. Right, because if you say, I am angry at this person, I'm angry at um, my parent for abandoning me, right, And but you, you turn it back on yourself and you go, well, I am not abandoning my kids. You know, I'm not doing that this time around. In fact, I'm doing the opposite of that because that's an important piece too. We might be doing a similar behavior, but we might be doing the counter behavior, which is not good either. So say, for example, that we grew up with um, parents that, um, you know, we were abandoned and we have this wounding, maybe in our shadow because it's unexamined. And then we have children. And because of that, we might overconnect with them. You know, and, and and create this sense of non abandonment, right? Well meaning so. I'm not you know, I get it. But then we find ourselves having a difficult time allowing our children to to feel their own feelings or to feel pain or separating from our kids in some way. So neither side is helpful. We want to find balance. So sometimes the projection can be tricky because we might be doing the exact opposite behavior. It's sort of a compensation tool, right? The other piece that I want to add is you might say, well, I'm not abandoning my children. I'm not stifling their freedom, right? So are you abandoning you, right? How, how are, because in that moment when we're enmeshed with anything, that's what we're doing. We're abandoning ourselves in some way. So no doubt abandonment, the theme, is playing out in our life in some way. I know, tough stuff. But it takes us deeply into our own work, which is the only work that we can actually do to change. Now, I'm going to briefly tackle the second question. Does that mean that what they did was somehow acceptable, like, oh, it's all good, right? Uh-uh. No, I, you know me. I'm, I don't go there. Um, yes, it's all good. I mean, yes, that's true. But when we say that and we don't actually walk through the shadow first, then it's bypassing and it's not very helpful. This is the truth. Um, this, is, this kind of work is not a conversation about what happened. This is in no way a denial of accountability of another person's part in your story. This is not a denial of your pain or an agreement that in any way you deserved to be the recipient of whatever pain you experienced. In fact, it is far from it. When we blame, when we project, we actually 
recreate our suffering by denying that we have response ability. Response ability. Not from an ego perspective, but from a perspective of empowerment and choice. When we don't, well, when we choose to stay stuck in our patterns of projection, we prolong our suffering. So, we actually may perpetuate the hurt on ourselves and deny the fact that we actually have the ability to change it. If it can, if we continually fixate it on them, then we we can't. We can't change. And the road to self-acceptance and love is not paved with stones of denial or judgment or pain. So it's important to recognize that through integration, through doing this work, we can actually heal. So it doesn't mean that what happened didn't happen or that you have to look at it positively. What it means is you need to go down and actually look at it, that you may actually want to feel some of that pain and process through it and love those parts of you that have been disconnected back into wholeness. And that's where we enter the shadow. Right? So that's important to recognize that you don't have to be any place than you are. You know, and if you're in a place of doing this work and you are pissed off and angry and just in it, that's okay. Listen to the show on feelings. You know, we'll know what to do. Integration is about allowing those parts of yourself's voices and allowing them to give you the wisdom of what they need to say. If you're that little girl is angry because she was hurt, traumatized, abused, we gotta listen to her. Not hide her or or patronize her by telling her it's all good, you know. You were here to feel pain on some level. You know, that is true. And we get there naturally when we go through the shadow, when we go through the feelings. So I hope that explained that second part of that question well. Okay. Because when we enter into the shadow, it can be tough stuff. I know this. I have done this work and I continue to do it. Um, It's so liberating though. So we have to remember to breathe into those spaces that make us want to bolt. We have to remember that we are really in the process of sort of shining the light on our process. And we do that when we reveal the thinking, the beliefs, the memories, and the the feelings that have brought us to this very place. Like like a forest fire, sometimes we have to go, you know, burn away the stunted growth. We got to go deep into the shadow, so we can rise like a phoenix from the ashes, and realize that we are stronger than we ever thought we were. Because we, it takes courage, you know, it takes courage to integrate these parts of ourselves and to be raw and to be vulnerable. But when we project our pain, we are denying ourselves the ownership of it. 
And it shows up in our lives. It shows up in our lives in so many different ways. So our prescription then is to really bring this shadow into the light and to see how we keep the story going. It may be true that at one point we may have been powerless, but we are not now. We have choices now. And that is really what this work is all about. We choose where we go. We choose to let go of old beliefs. We choose to heal. We choose to integrate. We choose to love those parts of ourselves that we haven't yet. We choose to get really clear about what's not working for us and what is. And through this integrative work, we can learn to support ourselves and honor ourselves right where we are, right now. Because in every instance, With every breath we take, we have the opportunity to change everything because we have the opportunity to choose differently. We can choose to look at the parts of ourselves that we may want to not want to own and in the process we can find wholeness and we can find accountability and we can find truth and we can find honesty and these are the stones that line the path to love. So I urge you to dive in, go into the shadow and realize that those very parts of you that you may have rejected for whatever reason have such important gifts to give you. And it's it's really inspiring and awesome work. I love doing this work um, with people and in my own life because I have found and witnessed such amazing journeys of um, self-discovery and authenticity and purpose and truth and really love. Yeah. All right, guys, we dove into it tonight, right into the shadow. And thank you for listening. Thank you for um, giving me feedback. If you have any, as I said at the beginning of of the talk, you can find me at Mind, Body, Spirit, You. If you have comments, if you want to share a story about how this has worked in your life, if you've been doing this work, and if you have other ways of going down the steps into those parts of yourselves, I want to hear it. I have lots of different ways that um, I utilize it in my own life and my work with clients. But I would continue to keep doing it, keep urging, keep seeking, keep looking at those parts of you and loving them back into wholeness. And um, that's the show for tonight. I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you for listening again. I look forward to next month. If you have show ideas, if you have questions, if you want to hear um, any of the topics that we've talked about thus far or expanding on any one topic, give me, you know, let me know. Find me, email me, Facebook, whatever. And um, I look forward to next time. I'm not quite sure what the next show is going to be about. It may be live. I'm not sure. We'll see. See how the month goes. All right, everybody. Remember, the way the way out is by going within. Take good care. And 
I'm coming in just at the end here to let everybody know that the the book that I mentioned in the talk is actually called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. I actually gave you the name of a book um, by Marianne Williamson, I believe. Anyway, it's Loving What Is, Byron Katie, Four Questions That Can Change Your Life. So take a look. All right, everybody. Um, have a great night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.